Good day and thanks so much for joining us. I'm joined today by New York Times best-selling author Kwame Mbalia. Oh, and I can't wait to jump into this conversation because we're talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, and he is uh, putting words to action through this new series called Black Boy Joy, bringing smiles to many faces out there. How you doing today, Kwame? I'm doing wonderful, Frank. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so glad you're here. We met initially over, over your other work. That Tristan made you Strong, a New York Times yes. bestseller. Yeah, Tristan Strong. So if you Absolutely. guys haven't heard about that, you know, you got to check that out as well. But Black Boy Joy, we've we've seen the hashtags. We've, we've uh, seen the T-shirts for that matter. And now you're putting it in a book. And, and you're joining several other authors, correct? That is correct. We've got um, several familiar faces, you know, uh, Jason Reynolds, Jerry Kraft, George M. Johnson. And we've got some, you know, what I'm thrilled about is we've got some new faces, new faces to writing middle grade uh, and new faces to publishing work as well. And so we have a broad spectrum of authors joining. So this is Black Boy Joy. This is Black Men Joy, correct? Absolutely. Black men and Black non-binary authors. This is amazing. This is amazing. How long has this been in the works? <laughs> it's been in the works in my head for, you know, I don't know how long, several years. Um, but something uh, came together, something came to fruition uh, in the summer of 2020. We were all kind of sidelined by the pandemic. We were all watching the uh, and participating in the protests for, um, for Brianna and for George Floyd. And uh, there is this connotation of, of this negative stigma that was constantly applied to um, these Black faces that couldn't defend themselves. And so I wanted to, specifically for Black boys who, you know, Black children, we get judged so frequently and so often without a chance to defend or prove ourselves as if anything needs to be proven. Um, and so I just wanted to offer something to uh, these children who are often being seen as, you know, something uh, as a label, right? Before they even get a chance to speak to the people who are labeling them. I wanted to give these children, specifically these Black boys, um, a book, you know, words that offered them um, encouragement, that offered them hope, and more importantly said that, hey, they see you, you know, via the specters in their imagination. I see you. We see you for what you are. You're being joyful. You're being happy. You're being children right now. And that's all this is. This is you existing joyfully. And we recognize that. Much of that trauma follows us. All of it follow, follows us into adulthood, does it not? Absolutely. Not even getting a chance to defend yourself, whether it be physically or verbally, often being convicted of whatever uh, charge is, is, is looming above your head and you just kind of have to rock with it. But this, this is something different. This is showing uh, young children that they, they don't have to embrace, as you say, those labels that have been thrust upon them. Yeah, I just want them to be able to exist free of constraints, free of stigma, free of uh, judgment, right? Like I want them to be children, let them be children. Let our boys be boys, let our girls be girls, let our children be children. 
and let them have fun, let them make mistakes and learn and grow from them uh, and just let them be. And that's, you know, Black Boy Joy is just an attempt to let them be. Tell me, you, you want them to be free, our children to be free. What does it mean to acknowledge someone? Those someones being these, these small humans that you're talking about, uh, the little boys and girls out there. What does it mean to just be acknowledged? That, that has to be huge, right? Yeah, it's, it's validation, it's validity, right? It is the recognition, I feel like so often that we forget what it means just to be a person and humanity. And um, we acknowledge that, we recognize that, um, we support that, we encourage that. And as adults, you and I, it is our responsibility to protect that, to ensure that they have that access to grow, to exist, to be recognized, um, and to turn into the person that they will become, right? Um, it, is, it is my job, and hopefully, I, you know, I, I'm not perfect at it, and I don't think anyone is perfect at it. I think it's something that we as adults struggle and will consistently struggle to get better at, but it is our job to be a harbor for our children, right? To let them grow, recognize, you know, the waves might get a little choppy from time to time, Right, but we are weathering the storm for them until they can grow up and navigate on their own. And that's, at the end of the day, if we said we have done that, then we have done a, a, a wonderful job. This is more than a children's book because often lessons are learned from children, whether many adults want to admit it or not, right? Absolutely, listen, <laughs> don't tell them I said that, but I learn from my kids all the time. You know, They're constantly imparting wisdom to their father. And you know, it's something, it's something pure and, and, and wonderful about that. Are you that change that you wanted to see growing up? I uh, am a part of it. I am not the totality of it. I think I am that incremental bit um, that my parents wanted to see um that i wanted to envision but i'm not the you know uh, uh the totality of it i see more of it in my children right i would love to see more of it in my in my grandchildren you know um i am not the total change but you know what i am progress we can say that i like that you know uh a colleague asked me frank where does this passion come from ultimately what i garnered from that conversation was why do you care so much as it pertains to topics like we're discussing right now. What fuels you? Um, stories, you know, stories are just, they're magical, right? Like in a story, you get to create this world that um, uh, might not be perfect, but is better, right? It might be um, something that you wish to see. And by I, I see this all the time. It's, you know, specifically like kind of more in, in science fiction, but you can oftentimes write things into existence, right? You write things that you imagine and then someone else reads it and is like, that's, that's a good idea. Let's strive towards that, right? Whether it's, you know, some sort of science fiction device or whether it's this, you know, uh, um, community that we want to be a part of. We can write a better future into existence. And I think that's, that's what drives me um, for black people, for black children, but for all people as well. We can, uh, uh, we can write a better ending than what we might think is happening. 
You know, that is proverbial right there. Life and death, there's power in the tongue, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We learned that growing up. Tell me more about the uh, the folks that you collaborated with in this book. The fact um, that you were, does that, that has to inspire you, right? Because there's, there's a creative energy that goes into that. So I think, you know, I often get asked, you know, what, what was it like, you know, working with all of these different authors? Um, and it's, you know, there's 16 brilliant, wonderful souls. Um, and the process, I, I don't know if I've had a more fulfilling writing process, you know, which is just, you know, I, I, I write my short story, but then I'm reading these stories as they're coming in and then they're coming in in batches and it's just amazing. You know, I am laughing, I am crying, I am recognizing, I am expanding my own understanding. And it's just a beautiful thing because it's like, you know, we say black, but within it, there's this, all of these different shades and spectrums of realities and experiences. And I get to have, you know, we get to have and to read and to live a little bit of them with these 17 stories. You know, I think what initially drew me to you and our conversation when we met in that library in downtown Cleveland, as we discussed Tristan Strong, was the fact that it came up in our conversation. There was strength and vulnerability. You said you laughed, but then there's the other end of the spectrum. You said you cried. And there's such honesty in that. And the fact that you're willing to embrace all those emotions makes these stories come full circle. Does it not? It does. And, and we do a disservice to our children and to our readers if we pretend um, or if we only acknowledge certain emotions all of the time, right? We have to show that balance. It's why, you know, I, I've often said that there's nothing wrong um, and that we should be encouraged to tell stories of, you know, specifically with Black people our pain and our suffering. We should tell them because not everyone knows or understands the extents and the horrors to what we've gone through. But those cannot be the only stories that we are telling, mm -hmm. right? We need to tell stories of joy, of happiness, of achievement, of growth, of making mistakes and overcoming, right? We need to show the totality, lest anyone get into their minds that this is the lot for me, grief pain is is what I am entitled to right like we do not want to put that into our children's heads because they will absorb that they are already absorbing that by via watching you know constantly watching the news or hearing what's being applied to them via the media or so on and so forth and so it is our job again as adults to make sure that we impart the wholeness of the experience right we can't just tell one side of the story we got to tell all sides, as as Gary the Griot says in my short story, uh, the Griot of Grover Street. Uh, grief is just one side of a four sided coin. We got to make sure we show, show all other four sides of it. Having said that, we have to tell all the sides of the story. We also need other folks who don't look like you or I to listen to those other sides of the story. Correct. Correct. And I'm gonna, Frank. I'm gonna tell you my favorite analogy. Oh, right. go in for me, because I can it, see it in your body language. You're like, I'm so glad you asked. This, this is my favorite analogy. The Black Boy Joy, this book, this book is a birthday party, right? You go, uh, you take a kid or someone, your, your child, I, I think specifically of my six-year-old, I take her to someone else's birthday party and I tell her, listen, all right, this party is not about you. 
These presents might not be for you, but we're gonna go. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna eat some cake. We're gonna dance, you know, maybe pin the tail on a donkey. We're gonna have fun celebrating someone else. Black Boy Joy is a celebration of Black boyhood, but everybody is welcome to come along and to celebrate. It is a birthday party and we're all gonna have some fun. I like that analogy because one, I'm hungry right about now. And it also <laughs> says there's something sweet in the whole meeting for everybody else as well. All they have to do is show up with a positive attitude. Exactly, exactly. What was it like for you as a black boy as you were looking out into the world and is, is much of what you imagine put into action because you've put the words with it as we discussed earlier? Um, I mean, my childhood, I think, is, is it, you know, it had its, its ups, its downs, its joys, its sorrows. Um, and I, rem I look back on it fondly, and it was definitely, a, you know, I can see the path that I took that, that really was formative for me turning into the person that I am. I didn't think I was going to be a, a writer or an author. I love to write, but I didn't think that that was a career. You know, I was going to be a scientist. You know, I was going to. I was going to be a marine biologist until I realized how terrifying the ocean was. And I was like, <laughs> let me leave that to, to better people than I, and I will just be in a lab somewhere. Um, no, but I was going to be a scientist. And, you know, I, I love the job, um, but there's something, there is something fulfilling uh, in being a children's book author, um, knowing that um, specifically at this age, the middle grade, you know, middle school, you know, or, you know, from eight to 12 years old, your horizons, your mental horizons are expanding. You're learning so much more about just, you know, it's not my house, my family, my neighborhood. We're learning about the world as we're continuing to grow, right? And there's something about writing stories that embrace that change, encourage it, and encourage that exploration that, I don't know, it just feels like it was meant for me to, to do that. Because uh, I feel like that it's such a formative time. And if I can help anyone, one person, if I can help one person navigate middle school, <laughs> which is such a turbulent time, Ooh. listen, it's, I, 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 feel, I feel like I've done something wonderful. You took me back to that awkward time too. It's so it, awkward. That, that awkward pause was that awkward time in my life. Um, <laughs> when I say New York Times bestselling author, um, what does that mean to you? Because right off top, you mentioned the fact that you were able to work alongside many other authors and help them help themselves while helping other folks. That, that, that has to be huge for you. You, yeah, I mean, I, I still look around when you say New York Times bestselling art. I'm like, where are they at? I want to meet them. You know, I want to get some tips from them. Um, it's, I mean, it's amazing. And this is uh, writing in general, writing a book, you know, the stories uh, uh, may come from, from one place, but it's a, it takes a village. It takes a village to put something like this together. Um, you know, from the authors, from, you know, Della Horton and Penguin Random House and, our fantastic editor, Hannah. Um, it takes some truly special people to put together a book that debuts at the number one middle grade, you know, spot on the New York Times bestselling list and is an indie bookstore bestseller as well. You know, it's, it's not, it's not me. It's not, it's not me. It's us. And I, 
I thank them and I cherish the time that we spent working on this because you could see the love and care that went into it. It truly is a collaborative effort. Absolutely. So the story doesn't stop there. What else do we need to what else do we need to see in books? Um my answer to that question is more. You know, it sounds weird, but more of the same, right? It's like there's this idea that we're all com competing for the same, you know, for the same pie slices, right? And I'm like, listen, y'all, we need to get in the kitchen and we need to bake more pies, right? For for others so that we can extend these slices. You know, we hear the the uh, uh, the analogy of, of sending the ladder back down. And I'm like, listen, just climb back down and help carry some people up with us, right? Um, as you, you mentioned, you know, New York Times bestselling author, um, three years ago, I wasn't that, you know, at all. And so it a lot has happened in those three years. And I feel like I owe it. I owe it to reach a hand back, to step back down, to boost people up the way that people helped me, right? Yeah. And so we need we need more of the same. I want someone, uh, George M. Johnson said this. He said, um, we have, you know, 17 stories in the book, 17 pathways to joy, but there may be children out there who's like that experience that you're talking about in these 17 stories is in mine, but I am inspired to write that 18th story, that 19th, right? And that's what I want. I want people to be, met, not mad, I don't wanna be bad. I want people to read the book and be like, that was a great book, but it didn't totally capture my experience. So I'm gonna write it, right? I'm gonna write my experience. And I'm like, yes, all right, I want that. I don't want people to sit back and be satisfied. I want more of the same. I want more of us up here. That's the baton you're handing off. It's several 20 batons this is a this is a different relay race right this is a linked baton i'm sending uh, uh i'm sending rope ladders made of batons back down with you know it's not just one by one we want them all by the handful coming up ah my goodness i feel so inspired right about now because i know that as you work with words often there are things that maybe i can't articulate my feelings um do you struggle with that does it oh. take you some time sometimes? Because you're a wordsmith. It's, you know, despite my verbose uh, and, and uh, wild gesticulations right here, you know, with you, it's, it's, it's easier for me to write, you know, than to, to vocalize a lot. Um, and that's how it was for me. That's why I wrote as a child. You know, I, I would write these stories or, or journal or poetry because it was easier for me to communicate in that manner than it was to uh, right there on the spot, vocalize what I was feeling. And that's valid and that's fine. Um, and so as a writer, it's it's often when I find out the most about myself is when I'm writing. Because through the pen, uh, the words just come out and I'm like, okay, I recognize that emotion or that experience. I couldn't verbalize what I was you know, trying to, to, to say but through the pen, it has come out. It is being expressed. And that's just, you know, that's just the way that I am. Wait, old school. So so no typewriter, <laughs> no Listen, keyboard, you, you, but a pen. You see you see this right here? That's that's a typewriter that my, my fantastic in-laws actually bought me. Uh, I got to put a little love and care into it. Um, but uh, uh, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it old, old school a little bit. But no, you know, I got got my journal, got my pen, you know, and when I find the time, 20 minutes here and there, 
you know, I just start start a little free write and, you know, you never know through the characters that you're writing, the emotions that you tap into from yourself. And it's a, it, it, it constantly amazes me, the, the cathartic nature of writing. Where should a, an aspiring writer begin? How does the use you pen and pad and, and just go? How does that work? What I say to writers is you find the tools that make it easier for you to write. Get all of, you know, you want whatever roadblocks in your way, you want them gone. So if it's more comfortable for you to type than it is to write longhand, type. Uh, if you find that the words come more freely when you're writing longhand, write longhand. Um, what you have to do is you have to sit down and write. So move all of those roadblocks out of the way. You know, move those into, oh, what am I going to, what tool? Use the tools that get you writing faster, right? Uh, because without putting anything down on the paper or on the screen, you're not going to have a story. So if your indecision is, is, is rooted in, oh, you know, what tools am I going to use? What software program? Eliminate that. Eliminate all that. Find something. I don't care if you have to go get 20 sticky note pads and you write five sentences on a sticky note and you put your story together like that. Whatever tools work best for you, use don't don't I don't care what anyone else says you use those tools that enable you to write where can we find a copy of black boy joy black boy joy it's in stores it's in in bookstores everywhere hopefully soon to come to some to some big name box stores but we'll let you know when that happens but uh wherever you please please go out and support your local independent bookstores they're the ones who are going to be bringing authors like me to your community to talk to your kids in your schools or in your neighborhood. So go support your local independent bookstore, um, buy a copy of Black Boy Joy, maybe a copy of Tristan Strong, and then enjoy some middle grade fun. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got that over your left shoulder there, that, uh, <laughs> that, that Tristan Strong. Tristan Strong keeps punching, drops October 5th. Awesome. The third and final book in the trilogy. Oh my goodness. Congrats on all the success and, and thank you for the, the public service that you are doing there, Kwame. No, thank you, Frank, for having me second time uh, being interviewed. And these conversations are always wonderful. It's, all, it's affirming to, to, to know that uh, um, what I'm doing is helping someone out there. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> it, it is doing amazing things. So Thank you, Kwame Ambalia. Go out there and get your copy of Black Boy Joy. Look out for the Tristan Strong series. And thanks to all of you for listening in on us today. And until next time, y'all have a good one.